0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So I was having a discussion with a good friend who's. I've been. He's a friend in the ministry. I've. Been in the ministry with him before years ago, and uh, he's been to seminary and all that fun stuff. And what he mentioned is uh, listening to a lot of YouTube and different internet uh, podcasts, you know, like mine, which is fine. But sometimes you have to weigh the information. And I encourage people to do that. Weigh the information that you get from me or anyone else. Now, there's a lot of standard thought processes, standard teaching, that, to be honest, uh, people who have been in church a long time, tend to take for granted that it's true and that it's right sometimes it's true and sometimes it's right, sometimes it's not so you got to kind of check that stuff out, one thought that he mentioned was, and this is a predominant thought in Christian theology, okay in Christian Bible thinking, alright And it has to do with something called angelic conflict. Alright. Now, angelic conflict, the main premise of it is that uh, God's primary motive was more or less to defeat Satan and to demonstrate to him how wrong is by being gracious to people. Now, this is kind of a, a summation, so it probably doesn't do the entire doctrine correct, but here's the thing. It is predominantly, I've seen the teaching in dispensationalist circles. Uh, I read two books written in detail and there are small books Okay, I'm going to admit uh, written by a, D, by a Dallas Theological Seminary graduate on angelic conflict but the whole idea is this is that God's really focused on defeating Satan and Satan's really focused on making sure that the, the uh, ministry of Jesus does not happen Okay. the only complication there's several kinds of things that, that I'm running through my brain when I'm looking at that doctrine is this the first thing is you're reading Satan's mind and Nowhere, with maybe the exception of the Gospels that state where Satan uh, is talking with Jesus and having a conversation, does it really tell you what's going on in his head? There's another section in Job where uh, Satan... Somehow winds up in heaven, uh, and uh, you know we assume he was, and that's the problem is we have to assume quite a few things, but the thing is he's there, and God's asking him what he's doing, and basically he's just roaming around the earth looking for people to devour. Now, so you get to you get a glimpse of kind of what he's you know what he's thinking there, because it says so. All the other stuff, basically, is... is extrapolating. It's guesswork. It's... uh, it's guessing. Now... we do know this, that Satan, the Word... Is actually a Hebrew word that means it's Satan, which means the adversary. So uh, this kind of sounds like I'm drifting a little bit, and maybe so, but but let's let's pull it back into the main theme again. What's the matter with the idea that God's primary focus is? to resolve angelic conflict, to beat down all of these uh, upstart angels that turn into demons. The main complication, I find, is kind of twofold. The first thing is, is you're talking about a battle between two forces that are utterly not equal. Now, in dualism, you have two forces, kind of yin and yang, that that are good and bad, that are equal. God's not equal. He's not equal at all. God, in his unlimited, un. Fathomable power can literally wipe out the universe with a thought in everything in it including Satan in a, in a just a puff of smoke so here's the thing that's not equal so in order to strive with someone to have a fight quote, you know, so, so to speak and not an obliteration You have to have two beings that are fairly equal, and they're not. Okay, so, well, what does that mean? Well, even in the Job situation, when at the beginning of Job, uh, and I do take Job literally, a lot of people don't, just saying, even at the beginning of Job, Satan shows up and, uh, he still sounds kind of subservient in some ways. He sounds a little arrogant. He sounds a lot arrogant, but still subservient. He's not more powerful than God. So now, here's 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 the problem then. If he's not more powerful than God, then why is God striving with him? Why is God having this struggle against him? Well, that brings me back to the focus, which is the second problem. God's primary focus is us, his people. God's primary focus I don't agree that his primary focus is to resolve angelic conflict I believe that his primary focus is to be here with us now he's going to have to deal with angelic conflict in order to make that happen but his primary thing is his people his primary focus is his people God so loved the world now, it just so happens now. And this is something that dispensationalists as well as uh, Calvinists don't deal with very, very well. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, you know, I have a Baptist history, and that tends to lean that direction. So the, the thing is, we don't deal with free will very well. Uh, most, most people don't know how to really think about it because we're too busy telling people how horrible they are. So the thing is with free will there are people that are just flat not going to get saved because they don't want to be. Why? Because God allows them to choose. Well, if you have evil in the world there has to be an outlet. It's people. There are people that embrace evil. They make bad decisions, and those decisions unleash evil upon the world. So, instead of having a two-part conflict, which is really kind of what angelic conflict is—he got the angels, angels on one side, you know, demons on one side, and then God on the other side and the angels are fighting it out and everybody's duking it out well instead of that there's a third element and the third element is us it's human will because God chooses to work with people through people and you know what Satan does too quite a bit I mean, in spite of what we see in the horror movies, you know, with people floating and flying through the air in jazz all the time. Um, not saying that doesn't happen sometimes, I don't know. But here's the thing. Whether it does or not, it's irrelevant. From this perspective, we give Satan power. People open up to his bad ideas and take his suggestions and it will destroy you because that's what he is he is a destroyer his name his nickname or proper name however you want to look at it used to be Lucifer we call him Satan because Satan means adversary he's the enemy no doubt in fact we really don't know if it's he. Or she its more of an it. But here's the thing. Whoever it is, he's working against people. Now, since he can't be equal to God, and he's not, originally thought he was, but he's not, what is it that Satan, what, what can a being do to hurt God? how do you hurt an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent being beyond the mind's comprehension? How do you do that? You hurt what he loves. You hurt what he loves. God loves people. For God so loved the world. The fact is all the world may not love him back. But he allows that because God loved the world. And since he did, that is what Satan wants to hurt. He wants to take as many people to destruction away from God as he can, because that hurts the heart of God. It does hurt the heart of God when people die and choose to reject him. It does. Now, he's big enough to take it. But here's the thing. That's how he's doing it. And he uses our decision-making process more often than not to make that happen you know, people think you know, people think you've got to conjure all kinds of crazy witchcraft to make people do junk no you know, no really. sex and drugs have done more for Satan than a lot of stuff so next time somebody throws a doctrine at you, okay? Try try to dig into it a little bit. You know, where, you know, and I talked to my friend and asked, "Where in the Bible does it say what Satan's game plan is?" It has I mean, or for eternity, I mean from now on there are spots where you see kind of where he's going but let's don't try to read the mind of a sinister being that's been around a thousand years and who who's perfected evil let's do Yeah, I don't want to even go there instead let's try if you really want to hack that dude off if you really want to just, just get them just pissed, then here's what you do. You do what God wants you to do, and you share Him with other people. That's how you do it. That's how you combat sin. Because the more of Jesus is in us, the less the evil has a chance to use us. And if you belong to Jesus, Satan can't take you over. But he can make suggestions. And we still have free will. You're allowed to make bad decisions. Really bad decisions. Even if you're saved. So, with that thought get into the Bible study know about these books of the Bible so that next time you get pitched a doctrine you can look at it a little harder sometimes sometimes we take stuff for granted that really doesn't have a whole lot of biblical backing there's a lot of people that can pull verses out of all kinds of places and it sounds pretty pretty snazzy only problem is the logic don't track. So anyway, with that in mind, I want you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His word.